Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. Get your advanced PhD in WOW from Floor and Decor. If you're a pro, you're already an expert in tile, wood, and stone. And with Floor and Decor's job site delivery, their free design services, and pro rewards that actually reward you, your business is set to grow from one client to the next. Floor and Decor isn't just a couple of aisles. It's an entire store designed to help your business boom. It's Floor and Decor. Welcome to another edition of the Art of Manliness podcast. Well, if you watch the news or read magazines regularly, you may have come across a segment or an article highlighting the fact that men in America and basically men in the West and industrial societies just aren't doing very well today. Uh, For example, we hear statistics that fewer men are going to college today and those that do are doing are performing worse than their female peers. Um, Fewer men, men have been hit really hard by this recession and are, uh, are, a lot of men are unemployed today and men are actually earning less money today uh, comparatively to, to women in some areas. But why are men falling behind? What's caused their decline in the past 50 years? Many sociologists argue that, that, that the driving forces are economic and cultural in nature. But our guest today disagrees and proposes that biology, or rather humans messing with it, is the main force behind the decline of men in the West. His name is Dr. Lionel Tiger, and he's the author of the book, The Decline of Males, The First Look at an Unexpected New World for Men and Women. Dr. Tiger is the, Dr. Tiger is the Charles Darwin Professor of Anthropology at Rutgers University, and he has written several articles and books on, on how human biology affects human social interaction. Well, Dr. Tiger, Tiger you wrote a book um, 12 years ago called The Decline of Males. Um, in what ways are men in decline? And does this decline that you you, know, you write about, does this, does this cr- cut across cultures, uh, races, socioeconomic groups? Well, for, uh, the diagnostics of decline are fairly clear. For one thing, uh, the number of males who, um, for example, lost their jobs during this current recession um, is about 80, 82%. And women did better out of this uh, disaster than men have, and uh, that's the first part. Secondly, if you look at marriage rates, you see the extraordinary number, and this applies to the U.S. as well as other country, industrial countries, that 40% of babies are born to women who are not married, which means they don't have husbands, which means that the potential husbands don't have children, not legally in any event. Now, a lot of these babies are born to uh, affectionate couples, and it's it's not as dire as it may seem. But the fact is that, as I point out in the decline of males, men are becoming outlaws, not in-laws. And they're not joining families, and they're not having what we know to be in comparative health terms, an advantage in life, which is having a stable uh, affectionate kind of environment, which has its problems, but nonetheless is better than the alternative, which is singlehood. 
Hmm. And, it seems like and, if, and if I may just go on, if we look at uh, income statistics, we see that in large cities among younger men and women, say between 20 and 33 or so, women now earn much more, or not much more, but they earn more money than men. Second, and secondly, and more importantly for the long run, if we look at at educational statistics, we see that there's almost a a breakdown of uh, 60-40 women graduates to male graduates. In some places, it's even higher. So women are graduating from uh, places which give them credentials. Men are not. And the question then becomes, who do women marry? We know that women tend to want to marry guys that are a little older and a little richer because most women are going to be out of the labor force one way or another for, from between five to eight years. And so they want somebody to give them a hand, usually when they're uh, having children. Well, who are those guys? They're not around. And as a consequence, uh, we see the situation I mentioned, which is women decide to have babies on their own. And so that that problem, that's in your opinion, is a problem for society. Uh, you know, when there's no stable family. Well, we have every piece of data we have about uh, criminal behavior, drug use, suicide, etc., indicates that the uh, single male is at great risk. And the children of women who are not married uh, are at, at consequently also at great risk, uh, risk especially the males. Hmm. Interesting. Well, so you wrote this book uh, 12, about 12 years ago. It was published in 1999. In that time since then, have, have, you, have things gotten better or worse for men? And are there any specific examples where things have gotten better or worse? Well, they've gotten worse, in my opinion, principally because the uh, sort of feminist groups like the American Univer Association of University Women and National Organization for Women uh, really control the dialogue. And as we saw in the White House recently, uh, President Obama announced with great pride a White House Council on Women and Men, uh, on uh, Women and Girls. There's been some pressure to get an equivalent council on men and boys, but with absolutely no success, because there are some uh, people who really don't think that guys need anything. They've they've had this alleged 5,000 years of patriarchy, and it's it's women's time now. So if you look at um, at all these sort of national data, the affirmative action for women, which uh, has gone on to this day, even though it's no longer necessary in many places, we can see that uh, it, things are harder for men than they they have been. And there are other factors that don't seem to be immediately uh, important, but are, for example, at, at my university, Rutgers, and at countless universities in, in the United States, the first day of class for men and women is a rape seminar where the guys are described in effect as potentially predatory and the women as potential victims. Now that's obviously done to cover the, the, the backsides of the lawyers who don't want a rape case and, and a lawsuit. But the fact is that it's humiliating to both men and women and they go through their college experience with this uh, initial uh, impression of who they are, and with, with no no basis in 
the facts of life of the people who are in the room. This is all national statistics, and uh, a lot of it is simply um, uh, irrelevant to the people who are there, who are mostly nice kids. Well, so in the past, it seems like in the past four or five years, there's been an explosion of literature. There's books, uh, been magazine articles, uh, you know, there's a Newsweek uh, feature about the, the state of men. Uh, the Atlantic Monthly had that article, The End of Men. Um, and, I, and there's so many books about just the, the, the state of masculinity in America. Um, and these books, usually when you read them, they give these different sociological and sociological um, and cultural explanations for the, you know, de the decline of men. But in your book, you actually give kind of a unique argument. Uh, you argue that the driving force is that men have been alienated from the means of reproduction. Uh, what do you mean by that? For the first time in human history, possibly in mammalian history, <laughs> one sex can control uh, reproduction. And the advent of the pill, which was a great drug, is a great drug and very important for any number of reasons, women could now control whether they would be pregnant or not. Guys had no idea and still have no idea. In the 50s, before this decline began, the principal contraceptive that was available was the condom. If you didn't use a condom and you were with a, a, a fertile-aged female, there was a reasonable chance, maybe as high as 20%, that any act of sex would lead to pregnancy. And so we had a whole series of devices ranging from the shotgun marriage to uh, pressures on men and women to marry during a pregnancy. And we know from parish records and other sources that between a third to a fifth to a half of marriages occurred with the pregnancy. You just look at when the marriage occurs and look when the baby's born. So uh, that was a way that uh, women and men somehow engineered getting together and having children. After this, the pill came in the 60s and 70s and uh, up until now, uh, men became, as I said in The Decline of Males, alienated from the means of reproduction because they had no way of knowing what the hell's going on. And they depended on, on females to tell them, as, as should have been the case, uh, women have a major issue with reproduction, much more so than males in, in a kind of ongoing sense. And uh, women should control this kind of thing, but it does mean that males don't. And so I completely fail to understand why others who've written on the subject don't understand the absolutely critical consequence of change in the contraceptive technology, uh, which has had this phenomenal effect on men all over the world, not just in the United States, but everywhere. So while sex has become easier for men and women to have because of the facility of the pill, it has meant that there's been this uh, disruption in the pattern of men uh, engaging with a woman and having a child and then spending uh, a lifetime or part of a lifetime dealing with the consequences in in uh, terms of providing resources, uh, protection, uh, affection, and the like. So I, I think that this is a biological issue much more in a way than it is an economic issue. And, and uh, partly the reason f for people not understanding that is that nobody really understands biology or given the people who are uh, uh, creationists, they think it doesn't even matter, which is complete nonsense and, uh, and uh, irresponsible. So um, 
I want to shift gears here a little bit and talk about uh, some of the work you're doing in the area of academics uh, as far as men men go. Um, you're part of a growing group of academics who are promoting uh, what's called, I guess people are calling male studies. Um, it's a curriculum at universities. Uh, but how does this, how does male studies differ from, you know, the men's, men's studies you see, um, you already see at campuses across the university? What, what's the difference there? Uh, men's, uh, men's studies, I think, uh, are a wholly owned subsidiary of uh, women's studies or gender studies. The women have taken over this area in the university and nobody can shake them. So if you look, for example, just uh, I was in Toronto giving a talk and some journalist at the University of Toronto looked at the faculty and the course offerings at the University of Toronto, which is a major, very big, well-funded university. <clears throat> and he found that there were 40 courses on women's studies, two on men's studies, one of which was about transgendered people, and the other was on gay males. There was not a single course at a huge major university, which is uh, possibly the leading one in Canada, uh, that deals with guys just doing their lives. But there were 40 on women, and uh, again, that's perfectly fine. You could say, and it has been argued by many women's studies people who are uh, often excellent academics, that uh, for the longest time, things like history and political science were essentially the stories of men. Well, now it's gone the other way, and so some of us felt we had to redefine how we categorize and, and characterize males so that they're not put into a box which is all too common, uh, that they're kind of defective females. And so you have a bunch of people writing about how the real challenges to make more sense men more sensitive to make them more feelings express their feelings etc cetera, etc cetera, uh, all of which will fail uh, as it's characterized and uh, which uh, doesn't deal with the fact that males and females are very different they have different rhythms and cycles in life and you can't uh, by announcing it uh, claim that men and women are the same that is completely uh, uh, counter to everything we know about human biology so um what kind of what kind of uh, i guess disciplines would be covered in male studies it seems like you know women's studies it focuses a lot on sociology um you know the cultural studies um it, would male studies be similar to that or would there be more or less than that what, what what's the well that, that that would be part of it of course it would have to be uh, but then we also want to begin looking at male uh, other male primates because you can learn a lot from watching the chimps and the baboons and, and how uh, other primates manage their lives. And there they have sharp sex differences often, uh, but they, they work. It works. So that would be one way. Another, another would be to look at men's health. Uh, generally, the diseases and difficulties men have uh, are far less... Uh, copiously uh, attended to by researchers. So breast cancer is a, f a favorite one, but prostate cancer, I believe, kills more 
people. And uh, a, a, a male studies program would begin to look straightforwardly at what affects guys and uh, what is the reason for some of their uh, their difficulties. It's uh, there is a at Columbia uh, a program run by uh, Dr. Legato, uh, who recently got a very large grant from the National Academy of Sciences, or I forget which agency, to study men's health, and that's the first time. So, and she is in fact going to. <clears throat> take part and be one of the co-chairs of a meeting that the male studies group is having at the New York Academy of Sciences in uh, in a few weeks. And that's a good sign, but it's taken years to get to this point because in, uh, in initially the response of women in the, both in the medical and in the governmental uh, areas was to say, well, men don't need any research. It's women who suffer the uh, various disabilities, etc., even though on average women live seven or eight years longer than men. We're going to take a quick break for a word from our sponsors. Wedding season is coming up, and if you are preparing for the big day, I know wedding planning can be really intimidating, but finding the perfect suit shouldn't be. Indochino makes it easy to get a fully customizable suit right from your home. Don't just wear any suit on your big day. Wear a custom made-to-measure suit. Suits start at just $499, which is about the same price you'd pay for an off-the-rack suit at a department store. And they've also got custom made-to-measure shirts starting at just $89. So I've talked about my Indochino suit on the podcast before. They've been a longtime podcast sponsor. It's navy blue. The measuring process was super easy. They got these video guides you follow. You'll need another set of hands to help you out with that. But the really fun part is customizing it. Got to customize how I wanted the lapels on the jacket, the pockets, the lining. I went no pleats on the pants on this suit. A lot of fun. And then in a few weeks, you have a made-to-measure custom suit sent directly to your door. When planning your wedding, get a suit as unique as you with Indochino. Go to Indochino.com and use code MANLINESS to get 10% off any purchase of $399 or more. That's I-N-D-O-C-H-I-N-O.com, promo code MANLINESS. And now back to the show. So, um, Dr. Tiger, one of the criticisms um, levied or, uh, at women's studies programs is at universities that they have been overridden um that the educational goals of women's studies programs have been overridden by the political mission of feminists um do you think a male studies program runs a risk of becoming politicized um instead of focusing on rigorous you know uh, objective uh, research well it's quite possible that it, it it could but but hey give us a chance and there's no reason to believe that we're doomed at the outset i don't, certainly don't think so and i know many people who are involved in trying to have a, a, a federal attention to boys and men who are are not politicized they're actively concerned about the the number of men who don't graduate from educational institutions who are incarcerated who are, commit suicide who are drug users who have no access to children uh, this is not a, a political activity it's a sharply humanitarian one and it's about time uh, the uh, people on the other side if you will of the gender divide the feminists stop accusing those concerned with the males of, of being partisan. And so uh, kind of in the same vein as this, um, there's male studies, kind of a, a growing trend for you know, male studies to be placed in universities. Alongside that, there, there's, a, there's a small 
um, but growing men's right movement uh, in it seems like in Western countries um, that they deal with a, a variety of uh, issues, uh, you know, fathers' rights, false rape issues, uh, you know, discrimination of men, you know, in the workplace, etc. Um, what are your thoughts about this growing men's rights movement? Uh, well, it's obvious that, for example, the divorce courts are a, a slum, a moral slum by and large. There are countless cases, and I know people who haven't seen their children for 15 years, guys, because uh, their wives claimed, rightfully or wrongly, that uh, the guys were abusive. Uh, a summary judgment was entered in the court, and uh, a judge made a decision at a hearing, very often at which the male is not even present because he doesn't know. And the the um, state loves it because it means that then they can collect child support from the guy and rather than from the taxpayers. And so it's part of a major conspiracy which has punished countless men, countless men. And while obviously divorce is not a happy uh, uh, result for women either, and many women have suffered uh, tragically through divorce, nonetheless, there's no reason for the antidote to that, that to make men suffer. So uh, there is this um, very large group of, of men, many of whom try their best to pay child support, but then they they lose their jobs, as countless millions of men have done recently, and they can't pay child support, so they're put in jail, and they keep running up their bill, plus interest, and they're doomed. There's nothing they can and will do. They may try to leave the state, but that's now become uh, difficult with the ways that the governments have of catching these guys because they see them as revenue sources. And as we all know, governments want revenue more than they want justice. And it seems to me that this this men's right movement, it's very splintered right now. I mean, there's all these different, you know, different um groups that have different, uh, I guess, goals. And there, there doesn't seem to have been a, a coalition of men like you would see like with the with now the National Organization of Women. Um, do you think there would ever be a male version of now? Um, or is there something about you know the psychology of men working in groups, which you've written about when one of your first books you wrote, um, that would prevent you know a, a large group of men organization of men getting together fighting for men's rights? You know, one of the problems is with that is that guys are not that interested in talking about themselves. You never you, you, there was for five minutes men's consciousness groups, but guys just don't want to sit around talking about their feelings. They couldn't care less. They want to get something done. And so the if you remember the origins of uh, the feminist movement had endless uh, consciousness groups. Uh, I remember friends of mine who were writers sending in articles to Ms. Magazine, and they couldn't get a, a, an answer on whether they were going to use it or not for months because there was a big discussion going on, and all of the decisions were taken in a circle and, and so on. Guys don't do that. And as a consequence, the um, uh, there's been a failure to connect in this uh, way, which uh, has effective consequences. I, I'm, I'm not uh, wholly optimistic that this will change, simply because I, I think it's in the nature of guys to want to get things done, not get things discussed. Uh, 
And in this realm, discussion is the first part of, of action. And I don't know if there are enough guys who are willing and able to do it uh, in a systematic way. There are some who are. I know many of them, and, and there are um, heroic characters trying to figure out how to take the next steps to protect half the population from, uh, its, as it were, the other half, which has got a very, very good network, thank you very much, for protecting itself. So, uh, again, as I said in The Decline of Males, um, guys sort of look on and they're baffled about why this is happening to them and they're at first vaguely irritated and concerned and then of course uh, if things keep getting worse they become devastated and then they become dysfunctional and uh that's going to be hard to to uh to change remember the argument has always been that men are all powerful and males can do whatever they want and women can't it's obviously not true in this area so what what is your answer then to me kind of dovetailing off that your last statement there what what can be done to uh you know in the decline of males i mean is it what is there any changes we can do i mean is the first thing has to happen is a discussion amongst men about this um before anything can happen or i mean or are we just is there no hope for for the decline of males to end no there's always hope because first of all uh, there's always a, a crop of youngsters coming through, and they want lives the way uh, that they look, they want, not ones they've been forced to have. Uh, there's some change. Uh, I suspect that uh, in the next election, we'll see some some interesting changes because it appears still that the White House hasn't figured out that one reason why they did so badly in the uh, last election cycle was that white men just wouldn't vote for Democrats. And they won't again, because they don't see the Democrat, that the uh, Republican, rather the Democratic Party, uh, with its sort of Nancy Pelosi cast of characters, uh, has the interests of working class males at heart. But 80% of single women voted for the Democrats because this group precisely uh, meets their their needs. Now, I'm not taking a political position here. It's not my job. I'm not that interested in taking such a position. But it's quite clear that there uh, will be, and there's already a, a realignment which... Uh, Obama called a shellacking. Well, it wasn't a shellacking as much as it was a big shift in the gender patterns of voting. And the, uh, as we can see in the fights about unions, working class men for whom the unions were always strong supporters uh, are losing out. And uh, that probably will begin to have some effect on, on politicians. I know that some of the people interested in this male studies activity are trying to uh, begin a, 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 a meeting of minds with uh, politicians in both parties without being exclusively one, uh, one focus or the other, uh, because it's got to happen. So uh, it, it, just out of the self-interest of the political parties who are ruthlessly self-interested at all times, uh, we can assume that there will be some shift here because of, of people vote. <laughs> hmm. well, it's kind of interesting, too. I mean, just you brought that up. I was trying to think where would men go because it seems like the alternative, the only other alternative we have in America is the Republican Party. I mean, where do where would men go? 
Well, they'll, they'll go to both parties. Remember that, uh, you know, there are a lot of very uh, baffling things going on. You have uh, Michelle Bachman, who's now threatening to run for for uh, Congress uh, or the Senate, uh, maybe even the presidency, who makes Sarah Palin look like Simone de Beauvoir. So you, 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 you've got some, some realization that uh, on both sides of the aisle, uh, which there shouldn't be anyway, not on this issue, we don't need an aisle, we need a, an, uh, we need a, a connective tissue. Uh, on both sides, there's a, a real need uh, to, to do something. When my Decline of Males book came out, I was surprised, and I shouldn't have been, that the warmest and the most vociferous response I got was from the mothers of boys. The mothers of boys kept telling me, you don't know what's going on in the schools. You don't know what kind of slum emotionally my son's forced to live in because of all these teachers that, are, that have been instructed only to recognize the girls, to push the girls into math and science, and for which the government pays huge sums of money for no particularly good reason or to, any, to much effect. And, um, and I think that's, that's going on a lot. Mothers of boys are irritated and uh, parents of boys, not just mothers, because they can see what the consequences of this feminist uh, issue has, uh, has been. Now, the feminist uh, initiative was very worthwhile and, and uh, remains an important element of our national life, but it's come at a considerable cost to the boys that are failing out of school uh, and being drugged. I, one of the things I simply don't understand is why so many boys and 90% of the victims of Ritalin are boys are given drugs to try to turn essentially turn them more into girls for behavioral purposes and they're giving this very powerful drug to kids that are barely three or four or five years of age Ritalin in France is an illegal drug uh, it's a highly controlled drug and this was about 10 years ago I was told, told by a professor at the University of Paris Medical School, that there are only 4,600 prescriptions given for Ritalin in all of France, and it's for adults. But we're just having school nurses and doctors giving the, these drugs out to people because teachers find boys that are medicated easier to deal with. Hmm. Well, well, Dr. Tiger, we are uh, running out of time, uh, but before we go, um, where can our listeners find out uh, more about your work? Well, uh, the most direct uh, recent uh, is The Decline of Males, which is in paperback and is available on, you know, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and so on. And uh, through Google, put my name in, and there are references to some articles I've written, uh, which can be uh, useful for anyone trying to um, look at this freshly and empirically and decide how to proceed. So, uh, you know, I'm not exactly a worldwide figure, but I'm not exactly inconspicuous either. And if somebody wants to go into this, there's uh, ample opportunity for them to do so. And I, I, as I said, I think the most efficient ways uh, for 12 or 15 bucks or whatever to get a copy of many groups or go to, I mean, I'm sorry, the decline of males and go to the li or go to the library and read it there. Excellent. Well, Dr. Tiger, this has been an interesting conversation. Thank you for your time. It's been a pleasure. My pleasure as well, and good luck with what you're trying to do. 
Our guest today was Dr. Lionel Tiger. Dr. Tiger is the author of the book, The Decline of Males, and you can pick up his book at Amazon.com. That wraps up another edition of the Art of Manliness podcast. For more manly tips and advice, make sure to check out the Art of Manliness website at artofmanliness.com. And until next time, stay manly. Walmart Plus members save on meeting up with friends. Save on having them over for dinner with free delivery with no hidden fees or markups. That's groceries plus napkins plus that vegetable chopper to make things a bit easier. Plus, members save on gas to go meet them in their neck of the woods. Plus, when you're ready for the ultimate sign of friendship, start a show together with your included Paramount Plus subscription. Walmart Plus members save on this plus so much more. Start a 30-day free trial at walmartplus.com. Paramount Plus is central plan only. Separate registration required. See Walmart Plus terms and conditions.